Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and BetOnline is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL, and college football, and NHL in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for your wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head to BetOnline today and get in on the action. Don't forget to use our promo code BLEAV, that is capital letters B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And welcome into another episode of the Topic Thunder podcast. I am your host, Alex. Um, I am running solo today. You know, nobody wanted to hop on after a loss, especially a loss like that. Um, but hey, I'm here. I'm here to talk about it. I'm here to kind of ease you guys through it. Um, it was not, it was a loss, but it was not a a horrible loss. Um I do want to say before we get started that the show is brought to you by uh, BetOnline, BetOnline.ag. Um, and so the Thunder, they lose to the Pelicans 110 to 106. Um, this is so this game is going to be one that I think is going to be a um, process over results type game. And it's not going to be every loss. The loss against the Nuggets was just a loss, that was just an ass kicking. Uh, from Denver, and you learn things from that. You know, you also learn things from that, but then you also go ahead and you erase that type of game from your memory. You know, when you have a 30-plus point loss, sometimes things just go, don't go in your favor, and you just erase that from your memory, and you move on from that. And they did that. They did that with the uh, Detroit game after the after the Denver game. This game, <clears throat> this is going to definitely be a game that uh, Mark Dagnall can go ahead and go back, look at the film, look at where the game turned um, and kind of point to the guys and say, hey, you know, we, we can't let this happen because uh, just to give you a breakdown of the game. Uh, so the Thunder had a 22 point lead in the first half. Um, they were playing good basketball. New Orleans was playing horrible basketball. Um, you know, at one point they had missed 19 straight three pointers. Um, it's kind of, you know, kind of similar to, to whenever Houston missed 27 straight in the Western Conference Finals that one year. Um, and it was it was looking bad. And the thing about missing three pointers is that they generate long rebounds. And so long rebounds can act like transition opportunities for a team. And the Thunder took advantage of that. They took advantage of that big time, you know, Giddy rebounding it, J-Dub rebounding it. You know, a lot of that damage was done in the beginning of the second quarter by Giddy, J-Dub. Um, Chet just out there running transition opportunities. Um, and it was it was something to behold. It was something great. And as 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 you were watching it, you were like, like in my mind, I was like, this is awesome. But at the same time, I'm like, 
they're just missing shots. And in the NBA, we know that teams can come out hot and can get cold real quick. And the opposite can also happen. The teams can come out extremely cold and then warm up very quickly. And that happened to the Thunder. Um, so middle of the second quarter, all of a sudden, you know, after New Orleans had missed 19 straight three-pointers, one finally went in, and then another, and then another. Um, and they finished the half on a 15-2 run. And unfortunately for the Thunder, that momentum never swung back their way. Um, and they ended up losing this game 110 to 106. They battled in the second half. You know, they were down by, I believe, 12 um, midway through the fourth quarter. Maybe a little bit reminiscent to the to the Cleveland game. Um, and they got it within within two points. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, New Orleans made the plays that they needed to make. Um, and they came out victorious in the end. Um, as far as how our players did. Um, again, if you were just to look at the first half, you'd say, oh, this game is going great. You know, these players were, you know, especially our starters, they were out here making shots. They were out here making most of their shots, um, out here taking advantage of long rebounds. And so it was looking real good. The offense was looking real good. Um, but as the game finished out, as they were having to play a lot more half-court offense, um, you know, those those long limbs of Herb Jones, you know, that um, Jonas Valanciunas, you know, for, for as much as he was giving us issues last year and we thought that, hey, you know, having a big man in the middle will go ahead and kind of quail some of that, it didn't. You know, Jonas Valanciunas took advantage of Chet Holmgren in some parts of this game. Um, and so as far as how they finished, so Chet finished with 19 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, two blocks. Uh, he shot eight of 14, one of five from three. He had a good game. He had a solid game, you know, but this is the type of game where you see, oh, he's a rookie. And, oh, he has rookie musculature out there. Um, and so the grown men of the league are going to take advantage of that, you know, a little bit. Um, it's 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 going to be a growing process for him. You know, and these are going to be the games that, you know, whenever I looked at the the season preview and even even in the last season, you know, as far as when, whenever we were, you know, kind of um, previewing how this team might look this season with Chet in the mix. Um, I said that there were going to be games where we lost because of Chet. And not necessarily because of him being a bad player, but because of him having to learn how to play in the NBA game, having to learn that physicality. Like Chet is out there and he's a, you know, he wants to, you know, he wants to be physical. He wants to, you know, he wants to be that asshole. He wants to, um, he's up for the challenge. The problem with that is that is his body isn't there yet. And it's not going to be there maybe for a couple of years. Um, he can, you know, possibly, but this, this is going to be a learning year. You know, this is definitely a learning year. Uh, this is definitely a year that he sees how, how to handle that contact, how to handle that physical, how, how to handle that physicality and how to counter it, you know, whether it's through shrewdness, whether it's through, you know, things like pulling a chair out, you know, of a player when they're backing him down, um, whether it's learning how to get better position on rebounding opportunities. 
Uh, but he's going to have to learn that, and he's going to have to learn his way in the league. Uh, but overall, I had a good game. But Valanciunas did take advantage of it on of did take advantage of him on the boards in the second half, and that became a big issue. And those opportunities where the Thunder may have been able to come back, some of those were stymied by the fact that you know Jonas, other players got offensive rebounds, you know, more opportunities, and actually took advantage of some of those opportunities. Uh, Jalen Williams had a pretty good game. 18 points, 5-13 shooting, uh, 8-9 from the free throw line. He had eight rebounds, three assists, very active, um, very physical on his drives. I thought he did a really good job tonight. Giddy, um, I, I thought he did a pretty good job. He fought, you know, he had 15 points, 6 of 16, 1 of 4 from 3. Would have loved it to be 2 of 4, um, but he missed that last three-pointer. And look, this is not... This is not gonna. This is the the. This loss is not on him. He had a shot. He had an open shot with you know about eight seconds, eighteen seconds, something like that left. He left it short. Um, it happens. It is what it is. You know, go back to the drawing board with Chip. But even regardless, if you're a forty percent shooter from three, you know you're gonna miss a couple, and you're gonna miss a couple that could have given you the victory in the game. And so the Thunder were down by two at that point when he shot that shot. They could have been up by one. Fortunately, he missed it. Um, and, you know, New Orleans hit their free throws from that point. Uh, so Giddy had a good game. He did a good job, you know, doing what he needed to do on the inside. He had nine rebounds, four assists, one steal, one block. Um, just an overall pretty good game by him. Shea, Shea had 20 points, uh, 8 of 20 shooting, 0 of 5 from 3, 4 of 5 from the line. He had um, five rebounds, eight assists, three steals. Um, tweaked his left ankle uh, there at the end of the third quarter. Um, so a little bit worried about that. He came back into the game. He was a little bit ginger on it. He was, you know, kind of grimacing a little bit and kind of just kind of like stretching it out from time to time. It'll be interesting to see if that affects his availability for the Golden State game on Friday. Um, but he was a little bit out of sorts. He was... You know, I, I I think the whole him not getting the calls that he was getting last year is starting to kind of get on his nerves a little bit. And look, I understand Shea is who he is, and, you know, the, the refs have a hard job, and he's very cognizant of that. But you know what, man? Sometimes you got to let your voice be heard. I'm, I'm ready for Shea to have a technical here or there. I'm ready for him to argue some calls. I'm ready for him to you know, maybe talk about this in the press. I know that's not the Thunder way. I know that's not, but unfortunately, that is how superstar business is conducted in the NBA. Um, and he needs to, you know, he needs to put some air uh, behind his complaints so that the referees can eventually put some air behind their whistles. Um, and so um, I, I, I do think, at least in the end of the game, some of it, you know, he was having some difficulties with that ankle. Um, but there was some there were some choices at the end of the game where, you know, that last shot where the Thunder had about seven seconds left on the shot clock and him and Chet kind of took their time a little bit um, at the top of the key. You know, as a superstar and as a, you know, somebody who is the leader on the team, you need to let your people know that, hey, that needs to run a little bit quicker. That needs to go a little bit faster. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's certain, there's things to improve on. There's things to look at the video and improve upon. Um, Dort, he had a, 
he did not have a play-in winner-go-home game that he usually does. He, he had nine points, three of seven shooting, three of six from, from three-point line. Um, you know, he, he just – he it's one of those games where everybody else was featured, everybody else had the ball, and he only got, you know, a couple possessions here or there. Um, off the bench, Wiggins had 10. Uh, Isaiah Joe had nine. And that's about it. Case and Wallace had four. Um, but off the bench, we are really, really, really missing the physicality of Kenrich, the physicality of Jalen Williams, Jay Will. Um, you know, good thing, good news we got today is that Jay Will got to practice with the blue today. Hopefully he is on his way back uh, to, to, be, to coming back into the lineup um, because we need that physicality. We need that big man, other big man presence. Um, that different big man presence um, than what Chet offers. Uh, we need that on this team quickly. And, you know, Olivier Saar, God bless his soul. He's, he's doing what he needs. You know, he's doing, he's doing work out there when he's out there. He's limited. Um, tonight, very evident, you know, zero points, seven minutes out there. He had five rebounds, two blocks. It was a minus four. Um, you know, he's doing the best he can. He's not entirely too skilled. He knows our system. He knows our nuances. And that's great. Um, but we really need somebody out there that can put pressure on the ball that, you know, is physical. And that's what Jay Will is. Um, and so here's to Jay Will coming back as soon as possible. Um, hopefully, you know, he's over that hamstring in injury. Um, as far as as far as the Pelicans, Zion had 20. He put so much pressure on the defense. Um, he had 20, 10, and 8. Uh, he just puts a ton of pressure on the defense. He didn't necessarily do great. You know, he was 7 of 20 from the field, 6 of 9 from the free throw line. Um, but he does put a ton of pressure on the defense, causes them to collapse. Guys get open. And eventually, guys in the NBA are going to start hitting shots. And that's what C.J. McCollum did. You know, he didn't have a great first half. Second half, much better. He ended the game with 29 points, 10 of 17 shooting, 5 of, five of 8 from the, from the three-point line, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, I, I think his coming up, you know, getting better in the second half is is what sparked New Orleans to a victory. Um, Balanchunas, 19 points, nine rebounds. I feel like most of those rebounds were in the second half. Um, and I feel like his presence allowed the Pelicans to have 22 offensive rebounds in this game. Thunder only had six. Of course, the Thunder are one of the worst offensive rebounding teams sometimes by scheme, sometimes by just lack of, you know, physicality, lack, lack of physical bodies out there. Um, but, you know, the New Orleans gobbled up 22 offensive rebounds, and that's not good. You know, that is not something that usually leads to victories. Um, you know, it leads to second-chance points. It leads to back-breaking shots that kill your momentum when you're trying to come back. Um, and so that's what Jonas did. You know, that's what Jonas did, whether it was him grabbing it or whether it was, it was him taking space and taking gravity away from other players to grab defensive rebounds. Um, and so, yeah, so that's where we're at. This was a game to me. It felt like it felt like New Orleans didn't necessarily beat us, but we beat ourselves. You know, and this is one of those games where as a young team, um, you see this sometimes where they feel themselves. You know, the Thunder were up by 22 in the first half. 
They were on national TV. I think they they took their their foot off the gas. You know, the thing was, New Orleans missed 19 straight three pointers, and and honestly, it felt like it was consecutively. Like it felt like every shot that New Orleans was putting up in that you know end of the end of the first quarter, um, beginning of the second quarter type stuff. It felt like every one of those shot at- shot attempts were three pointers, and they were off, and a lot of them were off badly. And again, bad three-point shots usually lead to long rebounds. Long rebounds, if you get them, can be transition opportunities. And the Thunder took advantage of that. Um, and so they got it by 22 points. And man, you know, the arena, the arena was rocking. Um, you know, the players were laughing, they were having a great time. It felt like an all-star game almost. And for a young team, you can kind of feel like the rest of the game is going to be like this. You know, if if this is what's happening currently, this is what's going to happen in the second half. And it didn't. And it changed on a dime. And the Thunder could not adjust. And the Thunder could not rebound from that. And so I feel like this was a game where the Thunder beat themselves. You know, they got up to, they got up to, they got up. And when they got brought back down, they couldn't bring it back up. Um, and so... It's a learning game. You know, this is definitely a game that you can learn from it. This is definitely a game that hopefully Mark sits down with his staff, picks it apart, and kind of shows what happened, you know, kind of tells the team what happened in this game, the story of this game, because the story of this game was definitely a two-parter. You know, it was up until the point that they missed that 19th three-pointer, and then the second half of this game was whenever they hit that next three-pointer. And then it was over from there. Um, it took a while, but of course it was over from there because the Thunder never recovered. Um, and so it sucks. It does. You know, there goes the dream of, you know, being 82 and one. Now we got to shoot for 81 and two. Um, but it is what it is. You know, this team is, this is still a young team. This is still a team that is learning how to win. Um, you, you know, I hope Thunder fans out there are not expecting this team to be a championship contender this team this i mean this year this team may not be a playoff contender this year they may be a play-in team and we gotta you know we have to live with that because there's a ton of good teams in the west there's a ton of great teams in the west you know there's some great teams in the east you know this we we cannot look at the first four games five games and look at that and see our victories against a Chicago team that they're going to be a mid-level team, you know, a Cleveland team that is going through injuries. You know, whenever Cleveland comes back to Oklahoma City here in about a week, you know, they may have Darius Garland, they may have Jared Allen, they may be a completely different team than what we saw in Cleveland. And with that said, they still had a 10-point lead with two minutes left, and we just happened to come back miraculously. Um, And then a Detroit team that, you know, they, they played very well in the first three games, but the reality of Detroit is that they are going to be a lottery team um, with the, the, the ceiling of, of maybe potentially scratching, sniffing um, a play-in seed, a number 10 seed in the, in the East. Um, and so those are our victories. You know, our lone loss up to that point was a blowout loss to the championship, to the champion Nuggets at home, our home opener, and we couldn't even put a game together that looked, you know, any good to send to grandma. You know, it was a horrible game. 
And so we come in, play New Orleans. New Orleans was without B.I. You know, they were without uh, Jose Alvarado, without um, Trey Murphy the third, and they still came back and beat us. Um, and so that just kind of shows where this team is. This team is, you know, for as much as we like to think that we know basketball, Sam Presti, Mark Dagnall, they know basketball. They know this team. And they have been preaching since the beginning, since the end of last season to the beginning of this season, that this is still a 40 to 42 win team. You know, this is still a team that needs to continue to develop, needs to continue to get better. Um, and so we're seeing that, we, we, you know, we're going to have our victories. We're going to have our great games. We're going to have our duds. That's just how life is in the NBA. And that's how life is for a young team in the NBA, learning how to win. And this was one of those games. You know, this was a dud. Unfortunately, you know, we should have won this game. We should have carried on that momentum from the first half and kept it going, but we didn't. Um, and so at this point in the season, it's great to have a game like this to kind of break down um, and move on to the next one. And the next one is another tough one. It's the Golden State Warriors, uh, the hated Golden State Warriors that, you know, have been our rivals for, it seems like now, at least eight years. Um, and so we got to play them. It's the first game of the in-season tournament. Um, so we get to see our new court. We, I, I believe we get to see our, our new jerseys. Um, it should be a fun atmosphere. Don't know if SGA is going to play. Hopefully that ankle wasn't too, it wasn't too bad of a twist that to where it's like, you know, it's, it's black and blue tomorrow morning, but you know, knowing the thunder and knowing, knowing their track record, they're probably going to hold them out um, to err on the side of caution. So don't be surprised if they do. Um, so I did ask some of you guys, I did ask you guys for questions. And so we have a couple of them. So let me, so first question is from Thunderous Obstinacy. Uh, so he said, who would you trade for to help improve our physicality and rebounding? Rob, Robert Williams, Kelly Olenek, uh, Vucevic. Here's the thing. I don't think I'm going to trade for anybody this year. Uh, again, I want this team to learn on their own how to handle physicality, how to build up their physicality. Uh, I think they're doing that. I think this team is a lot more physical of a team than it was last year. But it's still, you know, they're still learning. Some of these, you know, most of the guys on our teams are are second year players, third year players. You know, Chet's first year, even though he's a second year player. Um, this is still a very young team. It's still a very young team. They have very young bodies. Um, Usman Jang, again, second year. Um, and so, you know, you have to develop that. And so, one of the things that we really want to do is maintain our cap fle flexibility, maintain our asset flexibility. Um, and so trading for somebody like Robert Williams, trading for somebody like um, Vucevic, um, Kelly Olenek, somebody like that, it makes sense. Don't get me wrong. We do probably need that big body, um, but it doesn't make sense in a win-now type format, in a win-now type situation. We're not looking to contend right now. And, I, you know, um, I had a conversation with somebody and I, was, I said, you know, our, our window is probably like three to five years. You know, we want to be winning. We want to be 
championship contending probably in three years to the next two to three years after that. Um, and somebody brought up to me, I think it was Giovanni. Uh, he's, he's the guy that talks to me all the time. Um, he brought to the, to me the attention that, you know, Shea, as far as Shea goes in his prime, the team may not want to wait that long. That's very true. That is very true. The team may not want to wait three years down the line. You don't want to waste um, Shea's prime. Um, so it may be next season. It may be the year after that. It may be not this trade deadline, but the next trade deadline. But it's not going to be this year, um, I don't think. Um, the Thunder will allow Chet to go ahead and learn. They will allow him to get beat up for his own good um, so that he can learn how to adjust, adapt, um, how to increase his physicality. Um, they're going to let J-Dub get beat up a little bit, Giddy get beat up. They're just going to allow all these guys to feel what a full 82-game season feels like plus playoffs if they make the playoffs um, and see how it feels on their body. They have to They have to allow them to do that. And so bringing in a big, I know it makes sense. It totally makes sense. Um, but I also from the standpoint of Presti and from the standpoint of this team and their development, I think this year is going to be a, a process year. It's going to be, it's going to be a process year, hoping for results. Um, and the results may be that this team doesn't necessarily win ten more games. And it may be that they win one or two more games than last season. They may win forty-two. You know, they may go forty-two and forty. Um, and that may be a good year for them. You know, that may be a year where they say, "Okay, we learned a lot." You know, the the team developed a lot during that time. And then maybe next year is the 50-win season or more. Uh, maybe next year is where you, you know, throw in a couple draft picks and, you know, the expir expiring contracts or maybe, you know, a young player here or there. And you get that, not necessarily superstar, but maybe you get that role player, you get that veteran that's going to make this team even better. Uh, but I don't think it's this year, although it does make sense. Uh, question from Sarah at Sarah Rebuild. Uh, so do you know how many games Jay Will will play with the blue before he comes back? I don't know that. I, I don't know that he's going to play with the blue because I don't think the blue season has started just yet. Uh, I, I believe their their training camp starts tomorrow or starts sometime or or, some, or like their media day, not their training camp, but their media day starts. And I think their media day is a little bit different than the NBA, the Thunder's media, season, uh, media day. Um, and so – he was practicing with them, and I think that time is for practice. It's not for necessarily play with the blue. So I don't think he's going to play with the blue. I think he's just practicing with them. Uh, another question, is Shea expected to play next game? Again, we'll see. Um, it was an ankle twist. It was a sprain. We shall see how you know how the Thunder handle, handle that. If history tells us anything, he'll probably sit out a game or two just to be on, or on the side of caution. Um, and then why didn't we just throw Bertans in there for a few and see what happens? So the Bertans thing. So again, as far as his contract goes, if he plays over 75% of the games this year, which 75% of 82 is going to be, I'm mathing here on the podcast. Um, so it's going to be 62, 61 games. So I'm going to think that for about 20 games this year, he's just going to be a solid sit out. Um, and it may be 20 games 
in the beginning of the season so that his contract looks that much more valuable at the trade deadline. Because if you're able to trade for somebody, if you're able to give up a salary of 16 million, but then next year only have to pay 5 million and cut that player, it makes sense, you know? Um, and so I, I do think that the Thunder don't necessarily view Bertans as a piece of the team moving forward as much as I would love that, as much as I love quick offense, you know, in whenever you're, you're stagnating. Um, I, I don't think he, I don't think he's a Thunder player. I don't think they view him as a Thunder player. You know, he doesn't play defense. He doesn't do much of anything else other than shooting. Um, and if he's not shooting, if it happens to be a game where he's not shooting, he's of no value out there on the, on the floor. Um, so yeah, that's the thing with Bertans. I think, you know, the Bertans thing is, it's just a, it's an internal team thing, you know, in our eyes, if you have a gunslinger out there, if you have a flamethrower out there, you want to put them out there anytime that you get stagnant. But in the eyes of the thunder in the eyes of the front office, I believe they view him as somebody that is going to be a very valuable asset heading to the trade deadline. And so, you know, that is the reason why we're holding him out for a lot of these games. Once he reaches that point where he is not going to play in 75% of the games. I believe you are going to see him a little bit more out there on the floor, especially as we're reaching the, the trade deadline to showcase him to, to other teams. Yeah, you're definitely going to see them. But here in the beginning of the season, probably from now until about December, it's probably going to be just status quo as far as him not playing too much. Um, but yeah, and it sucks because, again, I love flamethrowers, Isaiah Joe, but Isaiah Joe goes out there and he does other things. Isaiah Joe goes out there and he holds his own on de on defense. Doesn't he isn't necessarily great on defense, but he holds his own. Uh, but Bertans, he has a history in the NBA already, as far as game film and defense is not his thing, and nothing else is his thing. Just shooting, um, and so for seventeen million, you probably just want to go ahead and use him as trade ballast and not necessarily as you know, a core piece of your team. And then final question, again from Sarah. Uh, so one more. If they continue not to call fouls on Shea for Shea, do you think he will have to adjust his style of play or it's just been the way these particular games have been called? Again, uh, so I talked about this before. I think Shea's going to have to, he's going to have to get mad. He's going to have to get a little bit angry, um, a little bit mean. Oh my gosh. You know, perfect angelic shea sga oh my god he said a curse word to a, an official he's gonna have to do that that's that's the way superstars have done things since i've watched basketball and i've you know i'm, I'm 40 years old i'm a man i'm 40 um as we head into bedlam um yeah you know he he i think he has to go ahead and express his frustration to the the referees if that takes a technical or two or three not in the same game but you know over the span of like a week or so then it is what it is. You know, I need Mark to step up too. I need Mark to question some of these calls also, which he will. He he has done that. He has cursed out the refs before and, you know, gotten a couple texts. But he needs to, you know, he needs to kind of shield his player from, from getting beat up all the time now um, and not getting calls. You know, this is a superstar. This is a guy that was a first-team All-NBA player, an All-Star last year. And he's not being treated like that this year. And so the why, I don't know, you know, uh, in previous podcasts, I've said, you know, that possibly the league or the, the referees may look at that 
and they look at all the free throws that that Shea got last year, and they may say amongst themselves that that maybe they got to, you know, that Shea got first team All NBA from the free throw line because of the free throws, because of the extra seven to eight points per game that you know that he was getting from the free throw line, um, and so. You know, that may be something that was that was discussed in the offseason, you know, in, in officials meetings and things like that. So we'll see. You know, we shall see. Uh, as far as adjusting his game, I don't think there's anything that he needs to adjust. He's still playing the same. He still leads the league in drives, I believe. Drives to the basket. So I don't know. I think he just needs to get a little bit more assholeish, a little bit more mean. Uh, but thank you for the questions, everyone. Um, you know, we play. We play the Warriors on Friday. We shall see how, how that goes. We shall see if uh, SGA will be a part of that. Hopefully he will. Hopefully, you know, he's able to quickly recover like he's done in the past. But, again, the Thunder are very um, cautious when it comes to injuries, especially to their star players. So it may be a situation where he sits out a game or two. Um, and it sucks, but it's the NBA. It is what it is. You know, we've played teams that don't have all their complement of, of stars on their team already in, in the first five games of the season. So um, it happens in the NBA. It's life in the NBA. Next man up, and we'll see how we play. Uh, but as always, thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, your your guys's, you know, listening to our podcast here over the past, since the beginning of the season has been great, has been amazing. Um, and we want to continue giving it, giving you guys content. We want to continue giving you guys, you know, post-game um, pods. So please continue to listen. Uh, leave a five-star review on, on your Apple podcast. It really helps us to kind of solidify where we are in the uh, algorithm for Thunder Podcast. Um, leave a review. You know, if you, if you hear something, if maybe our, you know, our, our audios are off or something like that, let us know. Uh, if, if Jerry's fan is still going off in the background, let us know if his, you know, fire alarm is going off, let us know. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so thank you for listening. God bless. Hoop when you can. And as always, thunder up. Thank you for listening to the Top of Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google play or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.